Thank you for tuning in to the 140th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk. Wherever you are, wherever you may be listening, I want to thank you for making me and the show part of your day, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Being recorded live, not really live, pre-recorded from Buffalo, New York, Amherst to be specific, host Daryl D. Lane is always going to have Ben Karen on the show, host of the Sports Squabbler podcast. Going to broach a lot of NFL topics with Ben. Talk a little bit about the coronavirus as well, uh, but mostly NFL free agency. But I think it's important to talk about the coronavirus with Ben because this is a hot-button topic issue in our society that has crossed over to sports and has really stopped live sporting events. And Ben is a guy that is a little bit older than me, so he can elaborate on kind of things similar to this in his lifetime. Don't want to spoil it for you, but just stay tuned for that. Going to have Ben Karen on, host of Sports Squadward Podcast again 10 to 12 minutes. Now, I do want to start by talking about the coronavirus. And it's crazy. About a week ago, I remember I did a podcast and I said, we're all bloviating. And as soon as people heard Corona canceled school at John Carroll, people were like, what's the addy? What's the move? People had a keg and were taken to their house. That's what my friend Connell told me. And now, the economy's going down. Governor Cuomo just put sanctions down on New York. <laughs> if you're not essential business, stay inside. The world has changed, folks, and live sporting events is gone for the foreseeable future. But I will tell you this. I'm still not totally worried myself for the coronavirus. I am worried for the NBA. Folks, ladies and gentlemen, the NBA is dead. Get used to no NBA for a long time. I do not think the NBA will finish out the season. I was talking to somebody, and they told me, you know what I think of the coronavirus, COVID-19, as some people call it, the literal term, it ruined LeBron's chance to get a fourth ring. That's what COVID-19 did. Just saw, reported, two Lakers have the virus. Marcus Smart of the Boston Celtics has the virus. There are four Brooklyn Nets that had the virus, one including Kevin Durant. Rudy Gobert had the virus. Donovan Mitchell had the virus. I believe a center for the Pistons, Detroit Pistons, had the virus. This is a very fine line, folks. A very fine line with the NBA just getting canceled. Let's remember something. Well, I assume the two Lakers that have been reported that have the virus are not Anthony Davis or LeBron James or Kyle Kuzma or somebody like that because if it was, their names would be out already. Here's what I will say. They say the virus is easy to contract. I remember when Governor Cuomo was talking about it in his news presser yesterday. You know what he said? About 70-80% of us will all get it. You know where it really happens, where the virus really festers? And I'm no medical expert. I'm just going to tell you what I hear, what I've watched, what I've seen on the news. Highly populated areas. That's why social distancing is a thing. And where is LeBron James? In one of the most highly populated areas in the country. L.A., Los Angeles. 
Anthony Davis, LA, Los Angeles. Oh, even better news. Kawhi Leonard, LA, Los Angeles. Paul George, LA, Los Angeles. Two of your top three teams playing big market cities, highly populated cities. All it takes is for Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, LeBron James, Anthony Davis to get it, and it, and it really starts shutting this puppy down. Other big cities in America. Texas is a pretty big state. Big cities in Texas. Dallas. Luka Doncic. Kristaps Porzingis. You don't want to hear those guys got the virus. Hey, let's go a state over. I mean, excuse me, a town over. Houston. Really big city. H-Town. James Harden. And Russell Westbrook. Let's go all the way to Boston, right? Boston. Let's go to the East Coast. Boston. Jason Tatum, who was having a stretch of about 10 or 15 or so games where he was averaging 30 points per game and coming to his home and having people really believe that the Celtics can challenge for the Eastern Conference. Toronto. who's had a very surprising season. And they've been jockeying for the two and the third seed the second half of the season. And not only that, they're also in another country. You can talk about travel restrictions and stuff like that that can happen if this virus gets worse. But I'm not even going to talk about that. They're in a big city. Toronto. You got guys like Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, Marc Gasol. You see, very fine line, right? Very, very fine line. And not to mention that, if a player in Detroit can get it, a player in Milwaukee can get it. And if you got guys like Giannis and Nikola Jokic getting the disease, then, well, this all goes to hell very quickly. Is that easy to contract the virus? It doesn't mean it's fatal. It's not going to be fatal if LeBron James gets it. They said Kevin Durant was asymptomatic. But all you need is to get it. You think the NBA is going to have to play without LeBron James or Giannis or Kawhi Leonard? That's the point I'm making. So I would say get ready for no NBA. And it's very possible it does not happen. The NBA season does not continue. And we start this back up next year sometime. Now next where I would like to go. I was talking to, and by the way, also, we're going to have Ben Karen on. Five, six minutes. Host the Sports Squabbler Podcast. NFL Free Agency with Ben. You won't want to miss it. But I was talking to a uh, a friend of mine. And I'll mention his name. Caleb Leonard. I used to room with Caleb. And I believe I can say this on the uh, air. But C C Caleb has, uh, Caleb's very pro-marijuana. Caleb's very pro-marijuana. And... We were talking, he texted me, he's about, and he's like, Daryl, you hear the NFL laxed up on weed? Weed restrictions, weed testing, et cetera, et cetera. And what I told Caleb is, yeah, and it was kind of stupid. And then Caleb responds back and tells me, you're being stupid, Daryl. This is awesome. And here's why it's 
it's not. And I've not really talked about the CBA, the CBA negotiations, the NFL Players Association, the NFL owners agreed on a uh, new CBA that will go for 10 years. Here's the reason why I don't agree with marijuana. Testing might be, oh my God, Daryl, you're being a stickler. Let people smoke weed. It's better than alcohol. That's not the issue, folks. And if you think that's the issue, you're missing the point. I am 21 years old. I've been around a lot of people. I've known a lot of people in my life that have been very pro-marijuana and have smoked weed, right? I've played sports. Been around a lot of athletes. I know a lot of athletes that smoke marijuana. I remember I had a friend from Pennsylvania who, who wrestled and he told me and Pennsylvania is the toughest wrestling state in the country, by the way, by far. He said, there are Pennsylvania state placers. There are Pennsylvania state placers that wrestle high. And I remember he was talking, he said, you'd be surprised how many wrestle high. And I was like, oh. So athletes smoke. Right, athletes smoke. If you listen to all the smoke podcasts from Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes, you'll get the picture. Athletes smoke. So here's what I would say. If you're the NFL Players Association, why would you vote for lax or marijuana rules? Because you can make the argument, this is God's play, we need this, all this other stuff. If you're going to smoke it anyway, because there are rules in place. There's rules in place at John Carroll. You're not allowed to smoke weed at John Carroll if you're an athlete. But guess what? Obviously... People don't follow that, and I'll just leave it there. There's drug tests in the NBA, NFL, MLB. People do it anyway because they like doing it. People are going to smoke weed anyway if they want to because that's their prerogative, right? If they get caught, they get caught. If they get a diluted sample, they get a diluted sample. Whatever happens, happens, right? So why would you agree to something that you're going to do no matter what and make it easier on you? Punishment-wise, when there's stuff that you don't have, guaranteed contracts, um, life insurance, medical insurance, more benefits. NFL players always complain about the franchise tag. The franchise tag in the NFL is still in place. That's why the Dallas Cowboys are able to suppress a guy like Dak Prescott's market value. and not allow them to sign anywhere. It's why the NFL can cut a guy who's a star running back like Todd Gurley without a second thought. And that's okay. That's okay. But let's smoke weed. Let's smoke weed. To me, that is missing the point. You're going to smoke weed anyway. After you get done, after you get out of the NFL, you're probably going to still smoke weed. You're going to smoke weed your whole life if that's what you want to do and that's what you're into. But you know what? You know what's really fun? Making money. How about you try to figure out a way to make more money? The NFL owners, at the end of the day, they don't care if they lax up on weed on weed punishments of the NFL. The NFL owners don't care. You think Jerry Jones cares? You think if you tell Jerry Jones, hey, instead of marijuana testing, I'm not saying this is the exact policy, but I'm giving you an example. You told Jerry Jones, hey, instead of giving people marijuana testing, instead of four times a month, we only give it to them two times a month, and I save over $100 million? You think Jerry Jones is going to give a crap? Probably probably not. But you want to know what? 
That's why Jerry Jones is a billionaire. And NFL players are millionaires. That's the difference. Right? We always talk about millionaires and billionaires. That's why one set of men is, is billionaires. And I'm just going to be completely honest. That, that is why. And the other set is millionaires. Because that's how they think. Now, cut up next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to have Ben Karen on, host the Sports Squabbler podcast. Cut up next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. With Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have my friend Ben Karen on the podcast today. How you doing, Ben? I'm great, Joe. How are you? I'm doing good. Now, now the last time uh, we spoke, the world was a lot differently, and I do want to ask you this specifically. And we talked a little bit about this before we came on because you're specifically a teacher, so I, I and you teach at a school in high school, so I just kind of know like how you feel about the coronavirus overall and kind of how it's kind of affected your world. Well, I think the coronavirus for me is not like anything I've ever lived through before. I know that working with uh, with K-8 students, likely, you know, they carry a lot of germs. I know there are a lot of things that tend to go around at schools. Um... You know, you'll you'll see at some points in time, you know, point in quite a few kids or even staff members that are absent. Um, they have them essentially suspended uh, school out here for the next couple weeks, uh, just from working from home. Uh, so it's certainly something that's a lot different. Um, so we have a lot of things we're trying to figure out, just as far as are we going to be able to complete the rest of the school year? what's happening with some uh, special education paperwork, IEPs, um, evaluations, stuff like that. So a lot of uncharted territory here, just kind of taking it day by day. Um, And I know, you know, as we'll probably talk about a little bit more, it's just uh, really impacted the sports world too. Yeah, and I I actually want to ask you this too because – you know, you're you're quite a bit older than me. You're then you're probably like I don't want to date you, but you're probably at least ten years older than me. Uh, and I've never really gone through anything like this one. There's been kind of this pandemonium. And the closest thing I, I remember I, I've heard people talk about it and compare it is to nine eleven. And I just want to ask you from somebody that could kind of remember that time because I was a toddler at that point in my life. Like, do, do you kind of feel like this is kind of similar to that in terms of how crazy it made everybody feel? Now just shut everything down? Um, I would say there are some similarities. To me, growing up up in Vermont, I was um, was actually in junior high um, when 9-11 happened, uh, the eighth grade to be specific. Um, And I think 9-11, kind of like now, is is a time where the country kind of came together for a common cause. Um, Time where uh, we were proud. you know, to be Americans, um, and I hope that, you know, our country is going to keep coming together uh, for this 
crisis as well. Um, the, the difference was, I still went to school the day after 9-11. Uh, the world kind of continued after 9-11, at least where I live, you know, and we're the next state over from New York. Um, I think there were a lot of, like, military things happening. Um, but, you know, definitely not um, not like the, um, the anxiety that we're seeing now from people where grocery stores are basically getting cleaned out. Um, people are starting to panic. People are being asked to work from home. Those kinds of things just weren't happening um, during 9-11 unless, you know, you maybe worked at the Pentagon or um, in certain locations in New York uh, and things of that nature. And I do want to ask you, and Ben, you're you're a really big sports fan. I want to know, and I want to kind of take me back to, and because we haven't talked about this, so just take me back to as a huge sports fan as you are. This happened, I believe, on a, a Tuesday or a Wednesday, if I if I remember correctly, about a couple weeks ago, where it's announced Rudy Gobert he has coronavirus. Suddenly, NBA shuts down. Then, the day after, it's. The NCAA shut down, then the NHL, NHL is shut down, then the MLB shut down. And then before that, we were already preparing to have arenas with no fans in it. And it goes from arena with, with no fans to it's next completely. Just talk about your emotions and going through that and how quickly that went for you. Well, um, it, it went at light speed for me, to be perfectly honest with you. Um you know, you, you hear that uh, the coronavirus is kind of breaking out in other parts of the world, in China and Italy, um, I believe in Iran as well. Um, but then um, I think the day that the NBA announced Rudy Gobert uh, tested positive, um, you know, it, it kind of broke through my bubble. Um, kind of like uh, what Skip Bayless was describing. Um, you know, I kind of felt that as well. and. Then everything just kind of happened so quick in avalanche, and it was like nothing I've ever I've ever seen before. Um, you know, and I, I I certainly think it's it's a positive in the way that we know that these athletes traveling city to city, um, you know, that might set them up for a greater likelihood that they'll contract this virus. Uh, so I think certainly. Um, the right thing to do, and you know, especially for fans too, when you um, congregate in large numbers like that, there's sure to be at least somebody that probably has the virus in an arena or a stadium at a given time. Um, but on the flip side, you know, I mean, a lot of people in this country love sports, and I think it's definitely uh, hurts the morale of the country when there are no sports. I know out here in Arizona, Spring training is um, is very popular, and they also shut that down for the year. Now, uh, and, we'll, and I, we'll, I kind of want to segue because there is some uh, sports news that we can talk about. NFL free agency went on, and uh, and we talked about this a couple uh, days ago when it's announced Tom Brady signs with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, you kind of grew up in kind of that New Englandish area, Ben. Um, and I, I want to know, as somebody that's kind of been around it, what was your first reaction when you heard Tom Brady is going to be in Tampa? Number 12 is going to be in Tampa? What was your reaction? Well, 
was shocked. I know that Tampa Bay, is, the name had been thrown around a little bit, but I was still shocked. I really felt, in my gut, like Tom Brady would likely stay in New England and retire as a Patriot. Um, when you when you come from up in the Northeast, like me, and you grow up watching Tom Brady play, like him or not, uh, he's undisputedly the best quarterback to ever play the game and quite possibly the best player ever. Um, and I understand what New England's trying to do. They're trying to kind of get um, get the jump on this whole situation. And I think they're, they're looking to go younger, which makes perfectly good sense. But I think um, had I been the Patriots, I would have just let Tom finish out his career there. I mean, he is just so loved, so respected by the fan base. Um, it's probably worth holding on to him and letting him start as the quarterback just for ticket sales alone. Not to mention... You know, it was only two years ago that he won the team a Super Bowl. But Tampa Bay, I had to like pinch myself to, to make sure that um, that I wasn't dreaming. Um, but, you know, with the, the last week having been the way it's been, it um, it was just, I guess, one more, one more shock to the system. Do you think, and you mentioned this, you could have never imagined Tom Brady leaving New England, leaving Foxborough, Massachusetts, right? He's had so much success there, him and Bill Belichick. But I think, and there's been reports about this, and there's been a lot of speculation, who has more credit, Brady or Belichick? The issue with Robert Kraft and Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Brady going behind Belichick's back to Robert Kraft, the trading of Jimmy Garoppolo. And there's been a lot of talk about that. And I think when you, when you see a player of Tom Brady's caliber, of his ilk, of his pedigree, leave like that, and you hear all the rumors and the minutia swirling around, I think it does show that Brady and Belichick, I'm not going to say they didn't like each other, but there were definitely issues that probably couldn't be resolved one way or another. Would you agree with that, Ben? Uh, absolutely. I think that as respected as Bill Belichick is as a, as a NFL coach, I think he's a top guy to play for season after season. And I think the fact that Tom Brady and, and Coach Belichick were able to coexist for 20 years uh, is within itself miraculous. We hardly ever see that. And we're surprised a lot of times when these uh, star players and coaches last as a duo together for 10, 12. But these guys did it 20 years. They did it six Super Bowls. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, Brady just felt like he might have been a little bit disrespected uh, by the Patriots. Uh, and, and I don't blame him for that one bit. When you look around and you're taking less money, there are a lot of guys that are getting paid more than Tom Brady. And the Patriots aren't really able to bring you in any elite weapons. I mean, at least not in the last five years or so. And I think this last year in particular, without Gronk, and with a really banged up Julian Edelman, just brought Tom to his breaking point. And do you think, and sometimes I feel like this, like it can be like in a relationship and why, why divorces happen, stuff like that. Sometimes saying something as simple as, I love you and I appreciate you, can mean the world to somebody. 
And, and Bill Belichick, and you talk about how Bill Belichick might be hard to play for. I can imagine that Bill Belichick has never said any of those things to Tom Brady, remotely. Yeah, I, I would be stunned if he said any of those things. That's just not who he is as a, as a head coach. Um, you know, he, there are a lot of differences between Coach Belichick and, and a Pete Carroll or Andy Reid. Um, and as great of a coach as Bill Belichick is, one of the biggest knocks that people have always had on him is he's not necessarily a coach that players are drawn to, at least not from the things that get leaked, which isn't a whole lot because New England keeps things under wraps for the most part. And also, too, what's interesting about it, too, is Tom Brady goes to Bruce Arians. And Bruce Arians strikes me as a type of coach that he's the type of guy, he'll call Tom Brady in his office, he'll watch film with them, and he'll be like, Tom, you want a cigar? You want a beer, Tom? Like, that's kind of the persona Bruce Arians gives off. He's like, how's Giselle doing? How's the kids? Like, Belichick does not give off that persona. I don't think Belichick's like that. And I think maybe Tom Brady kind of wanted that. Uh somebody that's a little bit more personal, shows a little bit more appreciation. So now my question to you is, do you think this is kind of an indictment on the New England culture? Because while it's worked, uh, Tom Brady has been the ultimate good soldier. And I don't think a lot of people would have been willing to do what Tom Brady's done. So what I'm asking you, Ben, is do you think that New England can find somebody like Tom? Because there's not a lot of Tom out there. There's not a lot of Tom out there. And do you think that maybe the New England culture itself had more to do with Tom than anything else and his willingness to accept hard coaching? Um, so the short answer to your question is yes. I think that they can find other players um, and even players to uh, replace Brady heading forward. I mean, not sure you're ever going to replace the GOAT, but other guys that are definitely going to be willing to fit into that system and willing to fit into that mold in order to be successful. As far as there being an indictment on New England, other than the cheating scandals, I don't really think there is any kind of indictment, uh, you know, on the culture. They've been highly successful as a franchise. Uh, this clearly works for them. And I think there are some cultures out there in sports like that. It's just kind of one way to get the job done. Um, I think in a lot of ways what the Patriots have done where their sports culture is very similar to like Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs. Now, I, I do want to ask you this too. How do you like the fit with Tom Brady, Tampa Bay, Bruce Arians, they got Mike Evans, they got O.J. Howard, because you asked me, or should they be considered Super Bowl favorites? So how do you like this situation for Tom Brady? And how dangerous can the Bucks be? Well, I like it quite a bit. I pretty familiar with Bruce Arians as a coach. He was the head coach out here uh, for the Cardinals when I first got out here to Arizona. Um, I think he's a little bit more laid back than, than Coach Belichick, but uh, more importantly for Tom Brady, I think he really knows what he's doing with quarterbacks. Um, when, when, when I look at what he's able to accomplish out here in Arizona, I think he essentially squeezed every hat that he could out of Carson uh, Palmer and kind of resurrected his entire career. So I'm very anxious to see what he can do with um, a player that's most considered the greatest of all time. Now, with that being said, Tom Brady's 43 years old. 
I don't think he's like a long-term fit for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Probably what they'll end up doing, I think, is they're going to have him starting to draft another quarterback either this year or next that'll learn from Brady, and then they'll get ready to take over when Brady steps down. Brady is going to like the fit, though, I think, because Tampa Bay to me seems a whole lot different than New England. Uh, you know, it does kind of have this feeling of let's have a good time. You know, we have the, the pirate ship in the end zone. Uh, there's a lot less pressure uh, to win. And uh, Brady's going to have some amazing weapons around him. I mean, it's been years since he's had a wide receiver with the talent that Mike Evans has. You know, and the Bucks have other good wide receivers as well. They've got Howard. They've got Brady. They've got good tight ends for him to throw to. So I really, really like this fit for Tom Brady. I know it kind of surprised a lot of people, but I, I see the potential for it to, to work out pretty well. I'm not sure, for me, I'd call them a Super Bowl team, but, you know, we're, we're looking at it, and I'm thinking uh, probably 11-5 and five with a playoff berth and at least a chance um, is, is what I'm predicting for them. And everybody, including myself, who's really bagged on Tom Brady for, you don't play in a good division, you don't play in a good division, but... Now we're going to have to stop that because he's going to go head-to-head with Drew Brees twice a year and uh, Matt Ryan and the Falcons as well. Now, but I kind of want to uh, shift because now that Brady's out of New England, and it's interesting too, right? So New England loses Tom Brady, Kyle Van Noy. Uh, they really don't have, and they actually lost Van Noy too to uh, a division rival in the Dolphins. The Dolphins also got Byron Jones. It looks like the Dolphins are kind of building a good program there. The Buffalo Bills trade for Stephon Diggs. And for the first time in my life, it, it's kind of been like, the Patriots aren't a lock to win the AFC East. Like, you, when you say the AFC East, it doesn't start and end in Foxborough. Do you think that there should be a trust that Belichick can find a suitable replacement for Brady this year and still be able to compete for the division title? Or do you think it's the Bills' division to lose? Because I think that's the people, uh, the team most people would say is the favorite right now. Yeah. Well, um, in that case, I'm, I'm going to go out and agree with most people. I, I think the Bills coming out of the gate are the favorite. Because it's Coach Belichick, because he's just a survival of the game, I think that they're at least going to find a way to compete this year. Um... Now, with that being said, I don't think they're going to get their quarterback in the future this year. What I'm seeing happen for them is I'm seeing maybe like a an 8-8 eight eight type season or, you know, maybe even a game or two under 500 uh, where they get put into a pretty good position to possibly go for a quarterback in next year's draft. Now, Ben, here's my theory on this, too. I, I have two quarterback theories in New England. I already told I told you my first one about Tua to the Patriots, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, here's my second one, right? So, Belichick knows this year they probably can't compete for at least a Super Bowl. Maybe if they win the AFC, something crazy happens, they get a wild card. Bottom line is they, they, they're not a Super Bowl team this year. So, maybe what Belichick says is, okay, we're going to kind of modern-day tank we're going to make sure we get the number one overall pick, and we're going to draft Trevor Lawrence, and then it's game on. 
Uh-huh. And Belichick just punts for the year. He's like, Buffalo, you guys win it. I don't care. He's, he's not going to get fired no matter what happens. I mean, he has car blanche there. So do you think that could be a possibility? And how interesting would that be? I think that it's going to be a little bit of a long shot that they get Trevor Lawrence. But it would definitely be interesting. Uh, what I what I foresee happening, though, is I think they're going to go out and pick up somebody like an Andy Dalton. And, and you know, I think Andy Dalton is going to be good enough to get them to 8-8. Eight eight. So if they make a play for Trevor Lawrence, they're likely going to have to trade up and try to, try to get that draft pick, and they're probably going to have to end up giving up quite a bit in the process, which could still be a possibility for them. But I, I, I think they're going to finish somewhere in the middle of the pack. I don't think that they're going to completely tank. The, the fan base in New England, they're, all, they're, they're not up for tanking. This is not the Miami Dolphins or Cincinnati Bengals. This is a proud franchise with, with, with fans that I don't think are going to accept that. Now where I want to go with you is, Ben, another, uh, really something that really shook the NFL world, I believe Monday, was the trade of DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, star wide out for the Houston Texans being traded to the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know if you listened to what Michael Irvin said on ESPN's Get Up. About, yes, I did. You did about the... the Aaron Hernandez comparison and the baby mama drama that he said. But, you know, that, that was a little different. And DeAndre Hopkins is gone. So I, I want to ask you this. Do you think there's any way you can justify Bill O'Brien trading away a star like DeAndre Hopkins? Um, I don't know. I think that Around him. So, with that being said, though, 
being said, you know, if, if DeAndre Hopkins and Bill O'Brien are just they're not getting along, and I know Hopkins got his PO restructures and stuff like that, I could see them moving off of him and saying, okay, you know, we're, we're going to try this instead. Obviously, David Johnson has had some injury concerns the last couple of years, but I'm telling you, if he can return to his prime, and if he can play at the top of his game, then I don't think, it, 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 you know, that they got crushed on the trade. And, you know, they, they also picked up, um, what was it, a couple draft picks? Is what, a couple second round picks? Yes. So, you know, it's not like the cupboard is there. I don't know. I just, I don't think that the Texans got, um, got beat up quite as bad as everybody else thinks. It, it, I think that you can find a lot of wide receivers in the NFL, too. You look around, most teams that win Super Bowls are not paying wide receivers a ton of money. It's just not happening. Now, Ben, what I do want to ask you too, and you mentioned about the concerning thing about Bill O'Brien making the statement of baby mama drama and comparing uh, DeAndre Hopkins to uh, Aaron Hernandez making that comment. Yeah. And, and you make it, it kind of sounds like he thinks he can say whatever he wants to any player, which is interesting because it sounds like, not, not to say that Bill Belichick would ever say something like that graphic to a player, but if you told me Bill Belichick said something kind of crazy to a player and said, just deal with it, I'm going to trade you, that wouldn't be something shocking. And we know Bill O'Brien is a protege of Bill Belichick. So do you think Bill O'Brien's kind of maybe got on his high horse he has total control in Houston. I believe he's the general manager as well as as well as his head coaching duties. He's made the playoffs multiple times. He his job seems to be decently secure. He has DeAndre Hopkins, a franchise. I mean, Deshaun Watson, a franchise quarterback. You think he's kind of feeling himself right now? Uh, I I I think that um, you know I think where where Bill O'Brien comes from. Um, is definitely part of what might kind of play into this for him. But at some point, you got to be your own guy, you know. And, and we don't live in the in the old days where people can say whatever they want, you know. Um, teachers have to probably be more careful with what they say to students than they used to. And the same is true for coaches and players and even just people, you know, who work together in the professional environment. I think in the last you know, number of years, the standards have gone way up. And you have to recognize that. And I think in this day and age, it's really paramount because if you can't get along with the best players on your team, then your chances of actually achieving that ultimate goal of winning a Super Bowl gets reduced dramatically. Bill O'Brien at this point has to, has to do everything he can to get along with Deshaun Watson and make it work. Now with DeAndre Hopkins going to Arizona and giving Kyler Murray a bona fide number one, obviously Larry Fitzgerald is no longer that, you think we could potentially see a second year reminiscent to the one Lamar Jackson had this past year and the one Patrick Mahomes did the year before? Well, I think there's a possibility of that. It's interesting though, Daryl, because I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think the biggest thing the Cardinals have to really focus on is the offensive line. They have to actually give Tyler more time to run the offense. Um, even prior to this DeAndre Hopkins trade, 
it wasn't like the Cardinals were starving for wide receivers. Leary might not be a number one receiver right now, but he's certainly serviceable. You know, he can play out of the slot. Um, you know, he can still make those big-time plays. Um, and they also have Christian Kirk, who's coming up. Um, Texas A&M product um, was, you know, a star receiver uh, during his time with the Aggies. And he's now heading into his third season with the Cardinals. Um, he also has some big playability, very smart receiver, can run routes really well. So with, with the fact that Larry might be on the decline and I see Christian Kirk maybe on the rise, I thought it was somewhat interesting that they're going to go and potentially pay another wide receiver um, a lot of money. And, you know, just to clarify with you, though, by no means am I saying Christian Kirk has the potential to be better than DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but I, I do think it makes the offense more exciting, more dynamic. Um, but they still have to fix that offensive line situation if Kyler Murray is going to have any chance of having the kind of year that Lamar Jackson had last year. That, and um, I also just want to add that the NFC is a whole lot tougher um, of a division right now than the AFC North. That's true. That, that is very true, Ben. Now, Ben... Something that I found very interesting happened. And this would have been crazy if I told you in 2015 that the Carolina Panthers would be looking to shop and eventually are going to release Cam Newton because they're bringing in Teddy Bridgewater. You would have told me I'm crazy. But indeed, Ben, that is what is happening right now. How crazy is that in Carolina right now? about what's going on in Carolina, to be honest with you, Daryl. A, a new owner, a new coach, I think they just kind of felt like, hey, it's time to rebuild right from the ground up. We want to pick our own guys. Now, obviously, it wasn't all that long ago Cam Newton was in a Super Bowl. You know, and he's still the league MVP. Um, so the guy can definitely play. I think, to some degree, though, the league is maybe... You know, passed him by. They're looking for quarterbacks with other skill sets other than what he brings to the table, uh, which works a little bit to his disadvantage. That he's he's been pretty physically beat up. Um, but even with that said, um, I, you know, I think Greg Olson has a couple good years left, and I, I think Cam Newton does as well. Cam just has to find the right fit, and I think there's definitely going to be some options for him. I wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, the Dolphins have interest in him, uh, maybe the Chargers or the Bears as well. But here's my thing, Ben. I don't think Cam Newton got the Panthers to a Super Bowl. Cam Newton won a league MVP. I don't think never in Teddy Bridgewater's career will he ever play in a Super Bowl, and he will never win MVP. So you're giving up somebody that has a much higher peak at a level of play, which you're going to need to be in the playoffs. So I don't necessarily understand that move. To me, it would have made more sense to just draft and get a young QB. Because Teddy Bridgewater is no spring chicken either. Well, I think there's still time for them to do that. I don't necessarily think they're, they're looking at uh, Teddy Bridgewater and saying, this guy's the long-term fix forever. I think, ironically enough, they're looking at Teddy Bridgewater as a bridge to the future. <laughs> that was a good pun, Ben. <laughs> with Cam Newton, 
I think, um, you know, yes, he, he has more talent than Bridgewater does um, overall, but he just, Cam has a lot of wear and tear on his body. He has a lot, you know, I think he just has to get healthy right now, and he's got to work on his throw and probably be a little bit more accurate than, uh, than he's been. You know, but I, I, I think he's, right now, he's kind of at a crossroads. You know, his body is breaking down on him a little bit, so I think he has to find a way to age gracefully um, in the NFL if he's going to stick around. Now, I do have to ask you too, Ben. So, the Bears trade for Nick Foles, and to me, this this says a couple of things, and it doesn't say anything very good, particularly about Mitch Trubisky. And it, it's kind of an indictment because when you're drafted top five, you, you don't expect to be trading for a former Super Bowl MVP who you expect to hopefully be able to compete for the position and push the incumbent former top five number one overall draft pick, particularly when that player is entering their third year in the league. So do you think Mitch Trubisky is just about done? Ah, uh, yeah, I, I do. And, you know, it's no knock on him. I, I think he's a good guy. I think he probably works really hard. But, um, you know, I, I just don't think he's got what it takes probably to lead a team if they're starting quarterback. Um, so as far as being a starting quarterback in the NFL, I, I say yes. I think he's done. Um now, with that being said, I do think his NFL career will probably continue. I think he's a very serviceable backup on a team somewhere, um, but I don't think he's going to start. Man, how are the Bears looking now? They could have either had Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes, and they drafted Mitch Trubisky. Well, the Bears are looking to me, at least, the same way they've always looked, Daryl. You know, the, the Bears are not an organization that has had a long, um, glamorous career of, of finding star quarterbacks. Even Ben McMahon, who won the, the Super Bowl with them in, in the 80s, was, uh, was not necessarily a superstar quarterback. You know, he really did that more with Dick as defense. Um, so, you know, I think the, the, Bears, the Bears are who we thought they were. Um, and that's a team without a really good quarterback. I like Foles, though, over, um, over Mitch Trubisky, for sure. But I don't think he's a long-term answer. So, to sum it up, the Bears are who we thought they were. And Dak Prescott, franchise tagged by the Cowboys. When will we? When do you think we will get a resolution to this? And, and here's also the thing that slightly does concern me is, we saw this a little bit with Kirk Cousins in, in Washington. We see Kirk Cousins... Be productive year after year. Washington's like franchise, franchise tag, franchise tag. Dak Prescott, you can say a lot of things about Dak Prescott. I think we all can find our criticisms of Dak Prescott. But Dak Prescott's a damn good quarterback, and it gets a lot worse. Uh, you could be the Bears and have Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles, for example, like we were just talking about. So do you think it says the maybe Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys lack of faith in Dak that they would franchise him and not give him that big-time contract? Well, it tells me things are changing in Dallas. I think the old Jerry Jones would have done it. Uh, you know, look at how he took care of Tony Romo, who definitely has accomplished a lot less than Dak Prescott. You know, Dak has certainly surpassed him. So I think 
a lot of people are getting hung up on that though. They they like they, they look at it that versus versus like a Tony Romo, um, and they're like, well, Jerry paid Tony Romo, why why won't he pay Dak? Um, as far as the franchise tag though, and, and getting a resolution, I got to be honest with you, Daryl, I don't really see a resolution coming, and I have to call this one how I see it, and I think Dak has done this to himself. Honestly, you can want whatever kind of money you want, but, you know, there's nothing, in my opinion, that Dak Prescott has done that would qualify him to be the highest paid quarterback in the league, or that would qualify him for $40 million or whatever he's asking for. I'm just not seeing it. You know, and when, when we look at sports as a salary cap driven uh, thing, at least the NFL, hardly ever do teams win when their quarterback is, is you know, getting that kind of money. And I don't think there's any justification. I want to hear somebody justify to me, anyways, why Dak Prescott should be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL or even in the top five. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't see it. I think there's a lot more decorated quarterbacks than Dak. And I, I think uh, my opinion would change some if the guy had a Super Bowl ring or two. But they put good teams around him. And in my opinion, he hasn't necessarily um, cashed out on that completely. So I can understand why there's hesitation on the point of the Cowboys. But- and actually, I think for once in their life, they're playing it smart. But could Dak not make the argument then that Carson Wentz got his money, Jared Goff got his money, they're both contemporaries, they were all drafted in the same class, and you can make an argument, Dak has had a more successful career than the both of them. Well, yes, I think you could make the argument. Um, I, In my opinion, I don't think the Eagles made a very smart choice with Carson Wentz. And then you look at, at, at the um, the situation with Jared Goff. Not a huge fan of what the Rams did there either, but I understand that a little bit more. Jared Goff actually brought the Rams to the Super Bowl. Dak hasn't brought the Cowboys to the Super Bowl. He's won one playoff game in three seasons. And to be honest with you, I, you know, I think that um, that he's had some pretty talented teams to work with. He's had Ezekiel Elliott. They got him Amari Cooper this year. He had Jason Whitten. He's got some studs on defense. There's no reason for him to only be winning one playoff game, you know, in three years with the team he's had. There's no reason why he shouldn't have been in the playoffs this year. I mean... I think, I think the one game, man, that's really holding everything up is how is it that Carson Wentz and a bunch of backups are basically going to beat your team with everything on the line? Now, Ben, I do have to ask you this, right? So, Todd Gurley, news just came up today, cut by the Los Angeles Rams. And I think it's kind of a really sad story, too, because he has the degenerative knee uh I think it's getting to the point where it's bone on bone. At one point, we thought he was the best running back in the NFL, or, or, or if not, the best, surely top three. 
Uh, what do you think's next for Todd Gurley in his career? Do you think he can still muster up being an elite running back? Or do you think this is kind of the end of the road? I actually think it's kind of the end of the road for him, Daryl. And, and I would agree, it is sad. Um, but, you know, trying to, trying to kind of flip the script with you a little bit, um, there was a point in time when he was playing at Georgia and got injured where he didn't even know if he'd be able to play in the NFL at all. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's, it's sad that his career might be ending at the age of 25. But, you know, on the flip side, I mean, I'm happy for him in the sense that he's at least gotten to play in the NFL. He's gotten to become a star in the NFL, gotten to play in a Super Bowl. So, you know, I think that things are pretty much wrapping up for him in his career. But, you know, on the same token, he's got an opportunity to make some money and, and, and have some really good experiences along the way. And Ben, my last question for you is, I was thinking, NFL free agency this week was kind of exciting. It, it was pretty exciting. NBA free agency is usually pretty exciting. Baseball free agency can be pretty exciting. So here's my my, my opinion. I want to, want to know what you think of this, Ben. Why not? Let's do away with the franchise tag. I know fans of certain teams would be upset. I know owners and GMs would be upset. They can't tag guys. But you know how crazy and fun it would be if... For example, the Dallas Cowboys have both Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper go live on the market at the same time. It'd be pandemonium. It'd be crazy. I think it'd be really exciting and it'd be, b- bring a lot of interest, a lot, a lot more interest to NFL free agency. You think the NFL should consider doing that? I, I think they should consider doing it. But I, I'm going to go out uh, and make a different argument than yours. I'm not saying you're wrong. I definitely think it's going to increase the excitement. Um, in the entertainment level for all the fans. I also think it's going to open up more opportunities for the players, though. And I think what it does is get rid of that franchise tag is we start allowing players to play where they want to play, you know, giving them a little bit more freedom. And I think when players are playing where they want to play, they're happier. Um, you know, with this Dak Prescott situation, there's no way, man. I don't think he's going to be happy playing in Dallas this year. You know, I mean, and certainly when we look at other things that have happened in the past, like Le'Veon Bell sitting out all season, I mean, you know, that's not good for the fan base or the game at all. So, you know, let's, let's get rid of it, man, so we don't have players sitting out or players that are unhappy all, all season. Ben, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. And once again, I want to thank Ben Karen, host of the Sports Quality Podcast, for coming on the show. And once again, I want to thank you for tuning in to the 140th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.